Whether you're reading it for the first time or the hundredth time, you will always find something new within the words of John's Gospel. While simultaneously being the easiest to read for new believers, the Gospel of John is a beautifully woven masterpiece loaded with deep theological insight that only the closest of Jesus' followers could express. In this book, we'll explore many things like light versus darkness, life and death, and what it means to be born again. As stated by John in his gospel, the purpose of his gospel is to convince the readers that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that if you believe in him, you will have eternal life. Join us today as we embark on the Gospel of John. My name is Pastor Aaron. And I'm Pastor Leon. And we'd like to welcome you to Calvary's Compass. So... This is episode two wow. of the Gospel of John. Last week, we, we went through um, John's introduction to his gospel, um, all of the themes that he's going to be addressing from this point on. And um, <clears throat> today, it kind of goes um, from like a, a macro level to like a very micro level, mm-hmm. um, and it starts addressing... Um, and you're going to see that days are very important to John. So on this day and then the next day and then so the beginning of John's gospel is is a consecutive, you know, day after day after day, whereas the the, the back half of it is like, you know, this week and then the next week. So we'll, we'll kind of see those themes as that goes. But he wants to show the readers that, you know, this is this is happening really fast. This is catching on really, really fast. Um, but today. Um, we're going to talk about bearing witness to Christ, um, the testimony. And and this is pretty much what John's first bit of his letter is composed of. It's the testimony of first John the Baptist. And then the next, you, you, we'll continue to see the different testimonies um, of the people who draw people to Christ. But this is kind of the way that uh, John structured his gospel. And so we're going to start reading where we left off. At verse 19, and it says this, this is the testimony of John the Baptist. When he, when the Jewish priests sent the priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed. I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, then what? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So in this opening, um, we see this dialogue between him and the religious leaders. And they're asking him, you know, as we read, who, who are you? Who are you? You know, what, what is your purpose here? That's 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 ultimately their question. And so they, they ask him three specific things. You know, are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? You know, are you the Christ? And he said no to each of those those titles. Now, what um, us uh, Western readers don't realize is those are the three titles um, that the Old Testament talks about and prophesied about of the coming king who had one day ruled Jerusalem. Um, so the Christ is the anointed one. Um, it wasn't Jesus's last name. Um, the Christos was actually used in the Old Testament as well just to mean, you know, someone who is anointed to do a work. Um, there is the anointed and then the anointed one. 
Um, so that's that kind of difference. So he, they're not asking, are you anointed, but are you the ultimate anointed one? Um, that's going to um, be the king of Jerusalem. And he said, I am not. Um, then they ask, are you Elijah? Because um, I believe it's, it's, it's Malachi 4 verse 5 where it says that, that um, Elijah will precede the Messiah. And so they're asking, well, are you the one that's going to precede the Messiah? He says, well, I'm not Elijah. No, I'm not that. But what we what we realize is that he was actually fulfilling the role of Elijah. He was operating in, in that role. He wasn't physically Elijah, but he was operating in that role. So he was telling the truth. He's, he wasn't Elijah, right? Um, but then they said, well, are you the prophet? And that's actually referring to Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 19, where it says like that there's going to be coming a prophet like Moses. Um, so they were asking, are you that prophet? He said, no, I'm not. So then what are you? Well, here's what I am. Isaiah verse 40, for 40 verse 3 says, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, preparing the way of the Lord. So <clears throat> he could have taken that opportunity to build himself up. Right. He could have taken that opportunity to say, well, you know, I am one of these, you know, and I'm a great person. But he said... Uh, I'm nothing but a voice that that's preparing to lead people to Christ. Notice that um, he is not like we do today. Most believers, leaders, you know, in churches, you know, when something miraculously is happening or something uh, that is definitive in the body of Christ mm. has taken place, the first thing that you find what seems to be the common thing to do is you lay claim to the fame. Right. You know, you have to have a name. For right. That. Yeah. And, and so what what John is doing is he goes, you know, I, you know, I'm just a voice. I'm not the one. Mm-hmm. I'm just a voice. One of the voices who or, I mean, he speaks all the way from Isaiah, from a voice in Isaiah. Yeah. And he he is echoing the same voice, the unified. And of course, John is known as but John the Baptist is known as the last prophet of the Old Testament. So right. he is declaring what has been said as the last prophet in the Old Testament, what Isaiah declared, what, mm. you know, what has been, you know, prophesied, prophesied yeah. over and over and over about the coming Messiah. He says, no, I'm just a voice. I'm one of the voices yeah. that is speaking, that's preparing the way of yeah. the one that's truly coming after me. Right. And he says he's crying out, meaning he's travailing, you know, yeah. he's, he's pleading with the people. Yes. Yes. And he's trying to, prepare the path that the Lord is going to walk through. Right. Um, and, and you know, his goal wasn't to pr- promote himself. No. His goal wasn't to boast himself no, up. exactly. His goal was to point people to God himself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't to point and say, you know, I'm this m- miraculous baptizer and, you know, follow me, be my disciples, which people were his disciples. Which right. We're going to dive into that in a minute. But he, he didn't want the attention. He wanted to direct the attention right. to God. You know, everybody wants a title, right? Uh, one of the things that I that I've seen, I've been in church all my life, but um, been in ministry for a long time. I started out in a um, musical ministry, tampering with it at age nine, but really stepping in at age eleven, and started progressing there. You know, playing music, but as we started at nineteen, going into pulpit ministry, um, I'm fifty this year. Um, you know, I've seen many people pursue after a title. Yeah. And John is not looking for a title. He's not saying I'm I'm a prophet. He's not saying that I am this person or that person. He just he is just a background voice. Yeah. That's declaring. 
and 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 what what God is I feel is saying to the body of Christ is we're just still a voice right declaring yep and and we are totally grabbing hold of we see it on social media you know we see it on you know YouTube people declaring I'm prophet I'm prophetess I'm Right, evangelist so and so, and they call themselves influencers. Yes, right? influencers from Facebook and, right. and social media, and, and and so they're trying to make you know lay claim to the fame, so to speak. Right, and and God is God. Look, He said, "If I'll be lifted up, mm-hmm. I'll draw all men." And so, so w- when do we get to a place where we no longer become in front center? No, right, we no longer, you know. Uh, worry about lifting ourselves up that we bring ourselves lowly yeah you know and 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 that knowing that god is god and we're not equal to god and we have gotten this misconception pastor aaron that we are considering ourselves equal to god's power and that is not the way it is right exactly and 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 so here's here's the thing I mean, John was famous for, you know, let let me decrease so that way he can Correct. increase. Correct. Right? And <clears throat> yes, God gives each and every one of us the ability to, you know, perform signs, wonders, and miracles, but it's not to, to gain fame for our name. Correct. And when these movements happen across America, these revivals happen, well, who is the leader of that revival? And people can name a name. Who is the leader of that revival? People can name a name. But but when, when do we say, you know, I'm going to n- remain nameless, but point people to Christ, you know? Well, that's why Jesus, the Son of God, mind you, Says, look, this what just happened to you. Don't don't tell nobody. About yeah, it. right. Here he is, the Son of God, and he's telling the people who are receiving these miracles, don't let nobody know this. What just happened to you is personal. Yeah, and that God gets glory from it from your life. Yeah, and this is where we have to be as God's people, specifically these last days. Yes, the the, pro, the, the what we are seeing as a concern is. We have church today and people in ministry today that are, are pursuing after the signs, wonders, and miracles so that they can be the first one to say, look, man, I mean, I pray for this person. They got healed. Well, how about this? You don't possess the power yeah. for healing. In fact, if you look in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, it talks about you can't do anything unless God, I think 339, unless God gives you permission to do yeah, it. That's right. So if we therefore think that we are equal to God, we usurp his power yep. and authority and call ourselves creator like God. Which is false. It's false. We have got to get to a place that we're no longer seeking the signs of the wonders of God. We just need just to seek God. If God chooses to perform miracles, he has to get glory. We can't take right. God's fame he is God. That means if we take fame, we're putting ourselves before God. Right. We create ourselves as God. We're and not God. That then begs the question, are you here to build your kingdom or are you here go. to build God's kingdom? There we go. Jesus said at a young age, I'm about my father's business. Right. What's the father's business? It's bringing in the lost. It's it's uplifting those who are hurting. Right. You know, it's that's the father's business. It's Correct. showing love to the people around you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, this is this is what uh, this is I think where church today has got it wrong because more people are about building their own kingdom, their own legacy, right mind you. And and I've been to churches, I'm sure you've been to them too where if the pastor walks in the room, you have to stand up in order to show respect to them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so like what's the purpose behind it? Well, I mean, you know we understand 
uh, respecting your elders and you know people in you know around you that are in positions and, that, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. But when you start worshiping them as like God, that's mm. the, that's where the problem comes in. And we're not here to bash churches or no. the ministry. That's not what we're saying because uh, I have found myself in the past five years, God has started five or six years now, actually uh, started opening my eyes as well as yours. And, and we, we were kind of blinded to the fact of what we were doing as, as believers and God really started waking us up you know, not the woke, but an yes. awakening. Yes, started that's wake, a difference. Yeah, started waking us up to realize that the things that God is doing, it is not our job to lay claim, but it's our job to point people to Him. Exactly. That's where it comes that's to. Per, we decrease. Right. That way, He can increase. He can become the increase. And I know um, you and I. You know, I mean, you're you're the lead pastor, and I'm the associate. But when we get up behind the pulpit, you know, we're not saying, "Look at this word of the Lord that, that the Lord gave for right, us." You know, right. we're we're saying, you know, here's what God wants you to know. You right. know, and and you can get the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I'm it's, sure it's, there's other pastors, no, yeah, absolutely, other people in churches that feel the same way right. we feel. Right. And, and, I'm and, just talking about in our scope of right. Things. We're just we're not saying that you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. No. We're just saying this is what has to change in us all. Yes, it's shifting the perspective from you know the man to the God that's in, in the man. Right, right. We don't not worship that, the yeah. man, but we understand that God uses men and women. Yes, to do the it. things He's called us to do as people of God. Correct. And so. Um, you know, we should take examples like like John the Baptist and and the disciples, yeah. where they where they decreased, so that way Christ could increase. You yeah. know, that way people could know him more. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this podcast is going to be about. You know, this is and as you're, as we're going to continue on um, through the rest of the, this chapter, you're going to see people decreasing, so that way they can invite others to come experience Jesus for themselves. Right. Because that's the walk of a true Christian, a true believer. It's experiencing God, Jesus for yourself and then telling other people about the Jesus you experience and inviting them um, to come in and, and experience him for themselves. You know, um, and that there's nothing wrong with things, but when you feel as though certain items that you do as a, let's say as a pastor, I'm a pastor, you're a pastor. And you you understand this because you know the older you became and the more you became aware of your calling, uh, you started to say, well, you know, our focus was like, well, and you know, you got to get your name out there. You know, you you got to work on the social media better so that people can know you exist. Right. In reality, that's a false concept. Right. I have pastor friends today, men and women, who were so moved upon how many. Um, how many people we can like our ministry or like what we're doing and follow us. And we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars yes. you know, promoting. Yes. And and the Bible says, though, you know, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto Correct. me. Correct. Meaning God, not me. Right. Meaning God. Correct. So if, if, if you're a minister out there listening to this, you know, lift up God. You know, point people to God. If he be lifted up. He will draw all men. Well, how about reevaluate how we are? Just not as a as a right. Christian, but as a believer. You look at your weekly schedule or your time frame on your smartphone. It tells you how long you spent time a day on your phone. Yes, you can. Comp- sometimes scary. <laughs> yes, you compare that time to the time you spend with God a day, and which one is greater? 
Right. I think this is where God is trying to draw the church, the body of Christ, back to the basics. Right. Back to Him. That's right. This is a part of that decrease, Pastor Aaron. Yeah. We gotta we gotta humble ourselves. Humility is a hard thing for people today. Yeah. It's it's and it's living a life pointing others to Christ. Amen. Not to yourself, not to boast in yourself. For Paul says, I cannot boast in myself. I boast in Christ alone. Yeah. And that's that's where we have to get to. You know, it's not by my works, but it's by his works Correct. through me. Right. And I'm honored that he chooses to work through me. It's like um we become reflectors of the mirror. Yes. You know, I I, I was watching this reel very, you know, just you know, you scroll and you see these reels and they were uh-huh. showing you Hollywood and how they you know, they do a perspective of there's the person seeing themselves in the mirror. And so there's a double that you see the back of the double of the of the actor and the cameras behind the double. And as the camera zooms in, a, a open frame look like mirror. Yeah. You actually see the actress or the actor in the mirror that they think they're looking at themselves. Right. So but what that double was doing, they were mimicking the movements, timing it in the right order. So it looked like one person. And reality is that's how we should be towards Christ. We yeah. are to mimic Jesus. Yeah. And that they that people when they see us, they see us reflecting, doing, um, uh, responding the way Jesus would respond. Yeah. And that's that spending time with the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. But yeah, um, John the Baptist's goal mm-hmm. was to point others to Christ, and as it should be ours too. You know, that's. That's the purpose. What you know, a lot of Christians out there are like, you know, what's my purpose? You know, what what you know, your purpose is to point others to Christ. Yep. To cry out and and point people to the straight path of Christ. Our life is a vapor. The Bible talks about here. We're here. We're only here for a short period of time. What are we doing with our time? What, are, what really? What are we doing? I, I was, you know, in my quiet time today. I, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit said, say to me in my quiet time, was that you know He's going. God wants to redirect the people of mm. God, and and that they no longer desire for their time to be occupied with, you know, meet social media yeah. or program. You know that that he, that he he wants to create a hunger in the people of God for Him again. Yeah, that 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 teeter tot that. Yeah, the 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 rebalancing. The, yeah, the rebalancing act. Really, there isn't a balancing act. What 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 must happen is, John. And whenever John the Baptist says, "I must decrease, Jesus may increase," that means that the weight of God has to be heavier. Yeah, upon our lives. Yeah, there, there's no balancing that. Yeah, it's, it's either him all the way or no way. Exactly, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's that's perfect. Um, but yeah, Isaiah 40, verse 3, I'm the voice crying out mm-hmm. in the wilderness, making straight the way of the Lord. That's yes. the prophet Isaiah said. And that should be our us every yeah. day. Uh, verse 24, I think we're going to kind of yeah, start um, rocking along here. It says, now they had been sent from the Pharisees, meaning the people who was asking John these questions. And they asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah or the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. So they're asking you him, you know, why? Why are you baptizing? 
why are you doing this? And in fact, he actually answers the question in, um, a little bit down the page. Um, I believe it is in, it's like verse 33 here. Um, um, he actually says why he was baptizing, you know, who gave you the authority to baptize? Well, God himself gave John the authority to baptize and he was baptizing to wait to see on whom the spirit descended and remained upon. That's why he was baptizing to see who the Christ was with his own eyes. So that way he can point others to to him. Yeah. And so I think we're gonna, let's continue reading. So the next day, this is day two of uh, the next day. He saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Meaning don't look at me. Right. There's there's the one that you need to be looking at. Right. And in the other gospels, you know, you see Jesus, this this conversation between him. He's like, um, you know, he, uh, Jesus says you need to baptize me. But but John's like, no, no, no. Baptize me. Please, I'm the one that needs to be baptized, not not you. And he says, you know, you must baptize me, and so that way all things can come according to what God God's plan is, obviously. Um, but but um, so John is asserting that Jesus is the Lamb of God, mm-hmm. and in the Old Testament, this is language um, for the atoning Lamb that takes away the sins of the people of God. Um, so this word "takes away" actually means to bear or um, carry away. Right, right. And you'll see that there was a sacrificial lamb and there was also a scapegoat, which they would actually anoint the goat with the sins of the people and then send it out into the desert, <clears throat> the wilderness to, um, to, to be delivered to, you know, the, the enemy. And so, um, yeah, so he's saying this is the Lamb of God, not just the sacrificial Lamb, but also the Lamb that takes away, that carries away the sins of, of the people, yeah. of the world, of the cosmos. This isn't just world as in world, but everything that has been created. That's what cosmos means, everything that has been created. So um, he takes away the sin, meaning he 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 lifts up and carries us to... A, a deeper relationship with him, meaning we, we're not slaves to that evil master anymore. We are now free from that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, um, verse 30, it says, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man whose ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 31, it says, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. So that's why John was baptizing. Mm -hmm. He was baptizing to reveal who the Lamb of God was, who the Messiah is. Interestingly, you're you're witnessing courtroom here. Yeah. I mean, we hit on it in our our last book of study in Romans. I mean, you've been following along. If, you, if you're just jumping in, go back and listen to our previous podcast of Romans. But this is dealing with courtrooms. Yeah. And, and so we'll see this in verse 32 of what that courtroom represents. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Verse 19 said, this is John's testimony. Right. And then uh, verse 32, he, he bore witness. Yeah. So this is almost like, this is proof. This yeah. is, this is. So in the beginning of the book of John, John gave all these um, statements of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. Now these are the witnesses to testify that this that the words he spoke was true. Right. Yeah, I mean they're they're you said it. They are testifying in the courtroom, verifying who he is by their testimony. And how do we overcome 
by, by the, the blood, blood of the, of the lamb, lamb and by the word, word of, of the testimony. testimony. So this is kind of what John is leading to. You what know? he saw, what he saw, he's he's he himself is testifying, yes. and he's also bringing others to testify yep. to who the character. Ristics of Jesus was, and everything is pointing to Him. Yes, in, in the beginning part of this chapter, He was clarifying the Trinity, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, He was clarifying Jesus is God's word, so God declares it. Mm. You know, God speaks it, Jesus declares it, and the Holy Spirit seals it. Yes, and this is what John witnesses in verse thirty-two. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, you want me to read or you read it. Verse 32. Yeah, you can go ahead and read it. He said, and John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, Mm. and it remained on him. Yep. And so I'll continue. It says, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on him, uh, on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. Yep. And I've seen and borne witness. This is the Son of God. Yes. So this this is a lot. This is really, really good stuff right here. So it's not just the one in whom the Spirit descends, but on the one whom it remains. Yeah. And he sees he sees the Holy Spirit. Yes. And that was that's what he has been waiting for. So yeah. we don't know how long how John long, was yeah. baptizing for before he saw this. I mean, when that last time he experienced Jesus, I mean they're they're cousins. Yes. By the way. But when they he, his first encounter with Jesus, he was in the womb of his mother, and when Mary came, and she announced who they were, she was yeah. that she was pregnant. The Bible says that John leaped within her womb and was filled yeah. with the Holy Spirit, and Elizabeth began to prophesy right because of it. And if you if you notice, okay, so um, um, Mary's cousin, right, R- right, she was more pregnant further along than Didn't Mary feel was. the baby move. That's right, a sermon. but um, so she was she she was further along than Mary was. But catch this, catch this, um, John says, um, that where is it at? Um, he is the one of whom said, "After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me." But if John the Baptist was born before Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why is he saying that? Well, because John's recognizing that Jesus is the one that was before the foundation of the he's earth. Always was and always will yes. be. Yes, yes, that's what so, he's clarifying. Yeah, even in that, he's recognizing it has nothing to do with age or birth. Yeah, it, it has to do with what Jesus is about. Yes, as a part of the Trinity. Correct. So he was waiting for the to see the dove descend mm-hmm. and remain. Yeah on a particular person. And then once he saw that, he bore witness that this is the son of God. But he witnessed it. Not everybody that was around witnessed it. He he saw the he saw the dove descend. Yeah. He heard the voice of God. Yeah. And he saw Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Right. He saw the Trinity right there three in one. Yeah. Yeah, in other, um, in other of the Gospels, you know, you hear God's voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Yes. Um, which in the Old Testament, that's what the priests did to their son when they were anointing them to become priests themselves. But um, <clears throat> God's voice spoke out um, saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Dove descends. Boom. That's the Trinity all in one place. Um, well, let me, may I interject? Yeah, go ahead. In Genesis 1, 1 and 2. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and now the earth was formless, empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Yes. Again, the the, the, the Trinity. Water. The water. The, Where was John baptized? He was baptizing in water. water. 
you know. Yeah. But Jesus is the living water. Right. <laughs> um, so the so everything is is I mean everything is going connecting the dots. I mean we talked about last podcast of Genesis. Yeah. But we're just reinterjecting it back in. Yeah. To the segment because it, you know there is there's a continuity. Yeah. And everything that is being spoken and read in the Bible. That's correct. It's all pointing to the the Old Testament points towards Jesus. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, so so the the religious leaders were asking, you know, are you that prophet, the prophet that's like Moses? Well, you know, what happened with Moses? He went through waters and yeah. came out on the other side. Right. What happened when Jesus got baptized? He, he went, went through the water uh-huh. and came out on the other side. Yep. So this already, it's drawing that imagery back to Moses saying, this is that prophet. Yeah. It's, it's not saying it to us, but it's saying to the Jewish readers of this, this, this is that prophet. Same you, you know, you're going to see a lot of Moses imagery throughout yeah, all this. You're going to see a lot of Elijah uh, and Elisha. Yeah. This is, this is, this is that prophet that was prophesied. The one that's coming, the one that John prepared the way for, John the Baptist prepared the way for. This is that God, that Messiah that's come. I mean, he even said in verse 34, I have seen and yeah. I, and have borne witness this is the Son of God. Yeah. So he it was verified. He understood Scripture. John understood Scripture enough to know that when he saw this, he bore witness of it. And he, he knew what it was. Because the dots connected. Everything yep. connect. Like Revelation, anytime the Holy Spirit speaks to his people, God's people, we get revelation from God. It's yep. everything. Like Elizabeth, the baby leaps within the womb. Yeah. And everything comes alive. Yeah, because your spirit testifies with what the spirit is saying. Yes. Come in unity and say, this is true. Anytime Jesus comes present to us and relevant to us, the Holy Spirit becomes evident. Yeah. And, and you know everybody so so much are focusing on speaking in tongues, but it's more than just the the, the tongues. It really is the Holy Spirit is more than that. That's yeah. just a a surface level of oh, that. It's, it's so much more. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit, it, you know, there's it gives us comfort and peace and guidance and yes. reassurance. Yes. He's a he's a teacher to us. Yep. And he teaches us who Jesus is in our life. And whenever Jesus comes, the Holy Spirit moves yeah. and, his, and the gravitations just pulls and yeah. like a magnet just comes together. Absolutely. It's wonderful. But um, yeah, so that's John's testimony then. Mm-hmm. That's, that's John's testimony. John the Baptist. Different from the writer who's writing, obviously. Um, the next day, verse 35, John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples. Um, and he looked at Jesus as he was walking by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. He repeats that. Yeah. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what was he doing? Pointing. To his disciples, he was pointing, yep. that's the one. Go follow him. Go follow him. That's the one that yeah. Scripture is talking about. Go and follow. Uh, and so... Um, so the two disciples came and started following Jesus. And Jesus, verse 38, turned and saw them following. And he said, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. Come and you will see. And so they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him for that day, for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. Simon Peter's brother. He first found out his own brother, Simon, um, and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. 
and he brought him to Jesus. So he now invited someone else to come and experience who Jesus is. And and Jesus started revealing, you know, you are Simon, son of Jonah. Well, how does Jesus know that? <laughs> well, because he's God. And you shall be called um, Kephas, which means Peter. The rock. The rock, right. <laughs> um, and so I want you to take notice here for a moment. This is potentially the first time that... Um, John, the disciple writing this book, was actually inadvertently mentioned. You notice that one of the two heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew. Who was the other person? Well, scholars believe that it was John, the writer of this gospel. Um, why? Why? Why does he choose to remain nameless? Because he's decreasing... So that way Christ can increase. He's pointing the way to show people, you know, I was there, I bore witness, but I'm not going to name my name because I'm not drawing attention to myself. It's not about me. I'm drawing the attention to Christ. (laughs) That's polar opposite of our culture today. It really is. And throughout all of the Gospel of John, he refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He never mentions his name. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he's not, it's not about him. It's about Jesus. And he was so in love with Jesus while he was on this earth that he was so caught up in that love for Christ and with Christ that even though he he called himself the one that him whom he loved was because John understood how to hear the heart of God yeah he understood his heart yep when do we take time to find out the heart of God well God I need this God Lord you see this mountain God you see this debt God you see this sickness God I need you to do this God 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 do this do that do this do that and John's saying, God, I just want your heart. What is what is on your heart today? I want to know you. It's not about right. me. I mean, John wrote four books. Mm-hmm. No, five books. Yeah, five. He wrote the book of John, mm-hmm. the the epistles of John, one, yeah, two, and three. three. And then he wrote the whole book of Revelation. Yeah. Think about the level and depth that that John experienced through his love to write Revelation. You know, it's that connection, Mm -hmm. but he never once mentions his name. No, you know, he doesn't say I am John, you know, I'm this and that. I'm revelations. He did talk about, right. You know, know, that I I was taken up out, you know, out of the body or in, in body, however, but I know I was there, but he was still testifying to what he saw, but he quickly pointed, quickly pointed it it to Christ. It was not a long period of time. How he, how he felt. (laughs) He just quickly let people know yeah. that he's not saying that he was transported into heaven. He just yeah. didn't know how that happened. Yeah. So, and I, and I just I just love that. You know, I love I love seeing that. You know, even John, the writer of this gospel, wasn't pointing to himself. He was pointing to Christ. Yeah. You know, because this is the purpose of his letter to point people to Christ, so that way they can experience Christ for themselves. Well, I, I love that because. You know, specifically when John was coming in and out of heaven. Yeah. My mind goes to Enoch. You know, he was 65 years old and and he had his first child. The Bible says then he walked with God for 300 more years and then he was not. Yeah. That means Enoch learned how to walk in and out of the presence of God like his, I think, grandfather, Mm -hmm. Adam, or however... And, 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 you know, that I feel, my personal opinion, and you, I've preached on this before, and you know what I'm getting ready to say, I feel that Enoch walked in and out of heaven just like yeah. John walked in and out of heaven. 
Yep. There's something about when you when you realize who you are as a believer and you come to the knowledge of it's not about you, it's never about you, mm. that you're just a servant, a laborer. You're 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 laboring out into the field. The harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few, the Bible says. And so when we realize our position in the kingdom of God as laborers and understand what we do, I believe you'll also go through that veil yeah. of earth to heaven and heaven to earth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Jesus tore the veil when he said it was finished. Yeah, so there's no nothing, nothing separate. Right. We are separating ourselves because our perspective and here's is And here's off. the best part, right? Because of that, we can experience Christ in new ways, mm-hmm. which gives us more yeah. encouragement to point more people to Christ. Right. Because of what we've experienced, because we want other people to experience it. Like I said, when we get up and we speak, you know, we want people to experience Christ for themselves. Yep. You and, know, and it's nice people yeah. to want to know him. Yeah. It's not like, you know, we want to get up there and, you know, because we're the only one getting a word from the Lord. No, no. we want everybody to experience Anybody can get that. the word of the Lord. That's Just so take true. time with the Lord. Yes. And we're not sitting there saying, you're not spending enough time. No, no, no. It, it, time is, when I say time, it's not hours and hours and hours. What we're saying sometimes is. Sometimes it's five, ten minutes. Sometimes it is some hours. time with God. Yep. Quiet your voice so you can hear his. Turn off your phone. Turn off your 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 you know apps on your television, yeah. your smart TV, so you're not watching anything. Just even go without music. Go without music. Just be quiet. Be still and know that I am God. Yep. And I believe John understood that. Yeah. I believe he understood how, what it was to just to be quiet in his presence and hear and listen, mm-hmm. because he was displaying Christ even in this first chapter. Mm-hmm. It was all about him, not yeah. about not about John. It was all about Jesus. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because I feel that's that should be the heart of every believer. And, you know, I never really noticed that until really studying, uh-huh. going deep into it and studying, you know. I never really noticed that this is what this is about. But, right. man, man, now that I see it, it's so clear, you know. It's our job to be that voice crying out and pointing people to God. I mean, when Andrew... Andrew went to Simon Peter, he, he testified and said, we found the Messiah. Yeah. yeah. He testified to what he experienced. It's almost, I feel, as if John is trying to keep it very open so that you feel and put yourself in his own shoes, that you see yourself witnessing the things he sees. Yeah. That's why I feel he's not putting a name on it, because he wants you to adopt yourself where he is. Yeah. So that when he talks about the miracles. So that way his story becomes your story. Your story. Well. And yeah. then we re- then pass, pay it forward yeah. in reaching the harvest. Yeah, speaking of pay it forward, Mm -hmm. man, I'm telling you, The Chosen does such Uh, a good job. We're going to plug that in anytime. Man, I'm telling you, this next verse that we're about to read, when Jesus calls Philip and Nathaniel, it's in season two, man. It just, it touched my heart. Um, Because when you said pay it forward, that's what, you know, we do. (laughs) We we pay it so that way other people can see it around the world. I'm telling you, The Chosen, such a good show. If you don't, it's completely free. Go and watch on the app. Download the app on your phone. I'm, I, I will forever plug that show. Yeah, and I. This love, is not a sponsorship. No. This, they're not paying us to do that. Well, I tell you, I mean, this is this. You know, they're not. Again, I agree. They're not paying us to say this, but I, I have sponsored, help sponsored. Should uh, I yes. say, you know, yeah. uh, some of their some of their yeah. episodes because I I believe so much in the what they're doing. Oh man, and how they're trying to get the gospel out there the best way. I think it's yeah. high quality. Oh yeah. 
I mean, you know, when you watch sometimes Chris Christian Christ- shows are a little cheesy. cheesy. Yeah, this is not cheesy. I literally man. feel like I am there witnessing what they see, and I feel oh, that's what John's trying man. to do here. And like the Christmas episode, oh. man. Made you cry, (laughs) and you and you wouldn't think, you know, Joseph shoveling poop would make you cry, but Joseph was sitting there just shoveling out, you know, poop ready, readying Jesus's crib. Well, because we, man, the church has created the the facade of Jesus was born in this stable, and you know, it was nice, warm, and cozy. No, it was cold. It smelled, and it stunk, and there (laughs) were animals, and the God of the universe came down to that. That he was born. He was already born lowly, on purpose. Yeah. That was part of God's plan. Yeah. God. I'm, Sorry. Ooh, I'm getting caught up in this. That's our little oh. that's our little tangent. But anyways, oh, the chosen. They Lord. they really they really depict all this so so well. Yes. But anyways, um that's actually one of their mottos is come and see as well. Mm. And this is kind of what we're talking about. Yeah. Come and see. This yeah. is where they got it from. And so um but yeah, um so Andrew bore witness, mm-hmm. testified what he saw yeah. to Simon Peter. Simon Peter came he said that you are, you know, I'm going to rename you. That's that's J- that's Jacob imagery, mm. you know. When 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 Jacob experienced God, he got a new name, yeah. Israel. It had to change. He yeah, had to change. So the Old Testament is woven even throughout Absolutely. all of this, and it's beautiful. Um, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, which is which is a pretty far distance away, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he found Philip, and he said to him, "Follow me." And now Philip was from Bethsaida. And the city of Andrew and Peter. So this is where Andrew and Peter hailed from. Um, Bethsaida is actually, side note, it's um, the house of fishing. So um, just that little sidebar there, it's the house of fishing. Um, which makes sense why Jesus said, you know, I'm going to make you fishers of men to, uh, to, the, to the disciples from there. Um, but anyways, so Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Mm. He's testifying to Nathaniel who Jesus is. And then um, uh, Philip said to him, come and see. Come and experience Jesus for yourself. Jesus saw Nathaniel. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 46 said, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Because Nazareth, Nazareth is a small town. You know, right. it's a kind of backwoodsy country town in Judea. You know, it's not, you know, it's not great, but it's not terrible. And he said, well, you know, it's just an average place. What good can come out of it? And Philip, you know, invites him, you know, come experience Jesus for yourself. Come and see for yourself. Jesus saw Nathaniel coming towards him and said of him, behold, an Israel, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Mm. How do you know that of me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, Mm. I saw you. Mm. Now, um, I was kind of stuck on that little line, but under the fig tree, what's so significant about that? Well, in, in that time, the the Jewish teachers would actually teach the best place to study the scripture, the Torah, is under a fig tree, because there's a um, there's a prophecy um, in the Old Testament. I believe it's in uh, I think it's in Samuel, or, or or something like that, First Kings or something, where it says that each each Israelite will have their own fig tree, and they will sit under the fig tree and and know that they are blessed, right? And so um, they taught that. Um, you know, 
to see that God's promise was fulfilled, the best place to study the scriptures and, and meditate on God is underneath your fig tree. And so, so Jesus is saying to him, you know, I saw you. I saw you studying. You know, I saw you meditating on me. And, and, and um, we don't know exactly what he was doing under the fig tree. Some people say that he was having a, a crisis and he was crying out to God. Other people say that he was studying. You know, we don't know for sure. But somehow this impacted, um, this impacted Nathaniel. So he said, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So in just that phrase that Jesus told him, Nathaniel was able to bear witness to what Jesus was saying. And his spirit was telling him, you are the teacher. You are the son of God. You are the ultimate king of Israel. He was declaring and testifying, testifying what his spirit was, was revealing to him in that moment. And you may think, you know, well, you know, he was Jesus. All Jesus said was he, he saw him sitting underneath a fig tree. <laughs> but, you know, there are things in our life where some to some people may seem insignificant, you know. But, you know, when we find out that Jesus was there the whole time, you know, it really opens our eyes and makes us mean like, wow. I mean, he could have been, you know, looking at life choices. You know, what do I do from here? You know, yeah. What's my purpose? God, what is your plans for me? I don't even know who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. And, you know, in those little mental crises, we all have them. Mm. You know, Jesus says, I'm there. I saw you. I was I there when you. you were in those moments yeah. mentally contemplating yes. things in your life. And, 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 and that's where he is in our life. Yeah. He's he always sees us in, in those places. Yep. And, and man, that's, that's just, that's great. Um, and, and, and after he, Nathaniel said, man, you're the teacher, you're the son of God, you're the rabbi. Jesus said, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Really? Is that easy for you? <laughs> um, but surely you will see greater things yes. than these. Hallelujah. And he said to him, truly, truly, meaning um, amen, 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 amen. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. That's again. Jacob. That's the Jacob Im imagery. That's the fulfillment of scripture. And he's saying that heaven to earth. Yep. Man. That earth. he is going that that Jesus is going to be the one of which whom the angels are going to be ascending and descending. Mm -hmm. He is the one. And so all because the, all of this spawned because John was that voice. Mm -hmm. John the Baptist was that voice crying out and pointing people to God. John pointed people to Christ, which allowed other people to point to Christ, which allowed other people to experience Christ in new ways and, and allowed them to experience new revelation of who, of who God is. And let me tell you something. That is our job as believers today. We must decrease so that way he can increase. We must know God so that way we can invite others to come and experience Jesus for themselves. That's what discipleship is about. Well, I, I, you know, it's time that we get our eyes off man yeah. anyway. You know, we've had so many great leaders in past who has failed people, mm. which is a reminder that we have to not look to man as yes. our source. Yes. But look to God because man will fail. God never fails. He never disappoints. 
So, you know, that's where God opens up from heaven, like he yeah. spoke of Nathaniel. God opens up in heaven and he releases things from heaven to earth as we give him from mm. earth to heaven. Our prayers, our praise, our worship, our heart. Yeah. He, he receives them. Mm. That's great. But that, that's all, I mean, all of this spawn, man, I'm just telling you, all this spawn from the one who pointed to Christ. You know, and, and, and that's, that's where we have to be. You know, we have to allow ourselves to decrease so that way Christ could increase. We have to allow ourselves to become low so that way we can point others to Christ. Yeah, it's not about me. Yeah, I'm doing this stuff, but it's not, not me. It's the Christ in me. It's God within me that's allowing me to do this stuff. And, and that's where church needs to get back to the point of saying, you know, it's not about me. It's not about who goes up on that stage and preaches. It's not about my name. It's about Christ's name. Yes. And I'm here to point people to the one, the one who set me free. You know, the one who who gave me freedom and life and liberty. That's Jesus. That's my Jesus. And I want you to experience him for yourself. So those of you who um, who may have loved ones or people that you know that you want to experience Jesus, you know, show them a reason to give them a reason to experience Jesus, you know, invite them to come and experience Jesus. You know, it doesn't have to be at church. You can take them out to dinner. You can take them out and to do anything, you know, but allow them to experience Christ through your life. Decrease so that way Christ can increase. Show them the way, the truth, and the life, because that's our job as believers. Anyways, we want to thank you for tuning in to episode two of The Journey Through John. And I'm telling you, we have a lot more to go, yep. and I'm excited to really just dive in and experience more of this scripture, because scripture, it's rich. It's good stuff. Um, but yeah, we want to thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. Bye.